Hello. Welcome to Science Factual. Prepare yourself for factual download. Sequence commencing. gotta love the 80s oh yes the cheap drugs proliferation of serial killers and wonderfully simplistic movie plots that don't require any critical thinking in the slightest accented by some of the dopest synth sounds to ever grace your ears thanks harold faltermeyer and paula abdul for the choreography and random dance cutscenes peppered in there throughout the movie hi there i'm reese hendrick host of science factual and this week we're sliding into some totally 80s sci-fi with a look at the running man which is a 1987 american dystopian action film directed by paul michael glaser and starring Arnold schwarzenegger maria conchita alonzo richard dawson yafit koto and jesse the body ventura we're getting into double the trouble this week with guests brandon wayne little and lucas cop we met up before the Power Hour Comedy Open Mic hosted every Thursday evening at the Haymaker in North Portland to dip a little more than a toe into one of my new favorite cheese balls of a movie. And yes, there are some amazing one-liners delivered by Arnold. In case you haven't seen this movie, like I hadn't before covering it for this episode, this spoiler alert, spoiler alert, is definitely for you. It's not that the plot is so intricate and engaging that knowing what transpires would ruin the movie, no, it's more like you need to experience the dialogue and plot holes firsthand in order to truly appreciate just how amazing this movie is. In the worst ways possible. Alrighty, here's the opening crawl, which does in fact have typos, but keep in mind that this crawl basically just sets up the events of the opening scene and plot origin, so I'll be dovetailing this with a more in-depth plot summary before getting into the facts behind the film. By 2017, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. A police state, divided into paramilitary zones, rules with an iron hand. Television is controlled by the state, and a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. When high-tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearning for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. Alright, here's that more in-depth plot summary. By 2017, the United States has become a totalitarian police state following a worldwide economic collapse and a recent controversial election. Sound familiar? The government pacifies the populace through violent television shows, its most popular being The Running Man, a broadcast game show where criminals fight for their lives as runners fleeing from armed mercenaries named The Stalkers to earn a government pardon. 
Ben Richards, a police helicopter pilot, is framed for a massacre during a food riot in Bakersfield, California. He's arrested by his colleagues and put in a labor camp. 18 months later, he escapes with two resistance fighters, Harold Weiss and William Laughlin, finding refuge in their camp, led by their leader, Mick. The resistance group looks to hijack the ICS broadcast network's uplink facilities to expose the government's lies. Richards declines to help, then heads to his brother's apartment, finding it now occupied by Amber Mendez, a composer, learning his brother was sent to a, quote, re-education camp, for reasons unknown. Richard takes Mendez hostage to flee to Hawaii, but is arrested at the airport when Mendez alerts security. Richards meets Damon Killian, the charismatic but ruthless host of The Running Man. Killian coerces Richards to participate in the show in exchange for Vice and Laughlin's freedom. Meanwhile, Amber sees a news report that Richards killed people at the airport, which she knows to be untrue. However, as the game begins, Killian sends all three men into the game show arena, an abandoned part of Los Angeles. They are attacked by Professor Sub-Zero, but Richards garrotes him with a piece of razor wire fencing, making it the first time a stalker has died on the show. We're going to get into all the stalkers after this synopsis, don't you worry. Mendez finds the original unedited footage of the Bakersfield Massacre, however, she is caught and sent into the game herself. Joined by Mendez, Richard, Vice, and Laughlin search for the uplink. Killian deploys two stalkers, Buzzsaw and Dynamo, to kill the four runners. Vice and Laughlin find the uplink station, and Mendez memorizes the access code. Buzzsaw mortally wounds Laughlin, but Richard bisects Buzzsaw with his own chainsaw. Dynamo electrocutes Vice, but is incapacitated by Richards, who spares the stalker. Laughlin tells Richards that the Resistance have a hidden base in the arena before dying from his wounds. Off the air, Killian offers Richards a position as a stalker, which the enraged Richards refuses. Hunted by Fireball, a stalker wielding a flamethrower, Mendez finds the corpses of the show's alleged past winners, revealing that the show's promises of pardon are all false. Richards rescues Mendez and kills Fireball by sabotaging his gas tank and setting him alight with a road flare. Immediately afterwards, the pair stumble into Mick's command center. With the viewership now cheering for Richards, Killian asks former stalker Captain Freedom to fight. When Freedom refuses, the network stages a battle of digitized stands in, a deepfake, depicting Richards and Mendez being executed by Captain Freedom. Mendez and Richards seize this on air. Using the access codes, the Resistance storms the ICS control room and broadcasts the original footage of the Bakersfield Massacre and the deceased runners to expose Killian and the government's lies. As the Resistance fighters battle ICS security forces, Dynamo tries to rape Amber. However, a gun battle triggers the building's sprinkler systems, which electrocutes Dynamo. Fucker. Richards confronts Killian, who claims that the show appeases the populace's love of televised violence. Killian begs him to reconsider, and Richards forces Killian into a rocket-powered sled, sending him flying into the game zone and fatally crashing through a billboard. As the audience celebrates, Richards reunites with Mendez, departing the studio as the broadcasting network goes down. Now, here's some background info about the film's development before we get into some juicy factoids. The Running Man is a story about a television show where convicted criminal runners must escape death at the hands of professional killers, uh, and is very loosely based on the 1982 novel of the same name written by Stephen King and published under the pseudonym Richard Bachman. A lawsuit determined the movie was plagiarized from the French movie Le Prix du Danger, 
from 1983, which was made after Robert Sheckley's 1958 short story, The Prize of Peril, just like the 1970 German TV movie Das Millionenspiel. The 1987 U.S. film is set in a dystopian United States between 2017 and 2019. The Running Man was a moderate box office success in the United States, grossing $38 million on its $27 million budget, but open to mixed reviews from critics. A new movie adaptation of the novel, announced in early 2021, is in development at Paramount Pictures, with Edgar Wright directing and Michael Bacall writing the script. So you may have pricked your ears up at the mention of the Stephen King-Richard Bachman connection, but we're going to save that for this week's water cooler facts. In the meantime, here are some oddled in a onesie level facts about the 80s classic. The Running Man game show seen in the film took inspiration from a real Japanese TV series, Trans American Ultra Quiz. This eye-opening show gained notoriety for essentially torturing its contestants in a frenzied endurance test. You can also see a great SNL skit that has Chris Farley as a contestant and Mike Myers as the host. When The Running Man was first released, a lot of viewers didn't realize there was a small role in the movie from a rock star. The rocker in question was Mick Fleetwood, drummer of supergroup Fleetwood Mac, who plays the underground resistance leader, Mick. Nor is Fleetwood the only rock and roll connection in the movie. There is also an appearance by Dweezil Zappa, guitarist and son of rock legend Frank Zappa. He was one of the underground members who Richards first encounters when trying to get his collar removed by the underground. The Running Man had difficulty finding a director. George P. Cosmatos, director of Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Cobra, Ferdinand Fairfax and Andrew Davis from Under Siege were all hired but then fired over creative differences with the producers. The next choice, Carl Schenkel, turned the opportunity down, and finally the job went to Paul Michael Glaser, better known for his acting role as Starsky on the 70s TV cop show Starsky and Hutch. The Running Man was the main inspiration for American Gladiators, a highly physical but thankfully non-lethal show which saw members of the public compete against larger-than-life athletes. The show proved a huge hit and saw the launch of many other Gladiator shows around the world, the UK version proving particularly successful. Now, unlike the show, the stalkers from The Running Man were nefarious murderers who killed for status. Those included the likes of Buzzsaw, a chainsaw-wielding maniac, who is played by Gus Rethwich. Everything about this character is a cliché, from his flat-top haircut to his blocky features. They had to give him a motorcycle even to seem cool. He does take out one of the runners and gets one of the better Arnold one-liners after he splits him in half with his own chainsaw. What happened to Buzzsaw? Uh, he had to split. Almost as lame as Buzzsaw, Sub-Zero reminds us that hockey pads from the 1980s were the worst. Played by Professor Toro Tanaka, we can at least commend the filmmakers for not turning him into a caricature villain. Instead, he fights Richards and his cohorts in a deranged hockey rink for some reason. He beats his end by Arnold choking him with barbed wire before uttering what may be the most iconic line from the film. Here is Sub-Zero! Now, Plane Zero! That brings us to Captain Freedom, who's set up as the ultimate stalker and played by Jesse the Body Ventura, except he refuses to fight because when the network tries to get him to wear specific gear, he deems it crappy and garbage. Uh, in the end, Captain Freedom becomes the first ever deepfake video as he takes on Arnold in a fight that can be best described as two slabs of beef being run into each other. It's an epic action movie scene, even though we are reminded about 800 times that the fight is fake. Still, hard to beat Freedom's dedication to the game. Then we have Fireball, who's played by football legend Jim Brown, and he has him some swagger. Let me tell you what, uh, since The Running Man has faked all of its winners to keep the public interested and Fireball is the one who killed them all off, it stands to reason that he is the second-in-command stalker to freedom. 
He also gets the best death as Arnold severs his fuel line and blows him up with a flare. Last but certainly least, Dynamo, who was played by Erlen von Licht de Jude, who was an actual opera singer, amateur wrestler, and actor, sadly just a few short months after completing the film, he passed away from heart failure at the young age of 34. Dynamo even survives his encounter with Arnold, only to be electrocuted in his suit in a hallway when the sprinklers turn on. A lame ending for the lamest villain in the film. Now, The Running Man was a key influence behind arcade action games like Smash TV, which saw contestants thrust into a game show arena facing ever tougher enemies. On top of this, the movie was also adapted into an official Running Man video game released in the late 80s to such home computer systems as the Amiga and Atari ST. In Killian's office, we briefly see a poster for a made-up television show, Hate Boat. This is a nod to the fact that actor Richard Dawson appeared in TV's Love Boat. Dawson was appropriate casting as he was the host of popular TV game show Family Feud in the 70s and 80s. When Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for the position of governor of California, he drew heavily on his action hero heritage in his campaigning. Schwarzenegger traveled California in a campaign bus, which he dubbed The Running Man. His campaign was successful, and Schwarzenegger governed California from 2003 till 2011. As well as The Governator, The Running Man co-stars another future political figure, Jesse Ventura, who was later governor of Minnesota. Schwarzenegger and Ventura had worked together earlier that same year on Predator. Now, 1987 was a good year for Schwarzenegger fans, but his prolific work ethic presented a small problem for the studios as both The Running Man and Predator were set to be released in the summer of 1987. In order to keep audiences from having to choose between two Arnold films, The Running Man was given a later release date of November of that year. As a result, both films were commercial successes. The actual music of the film doesn't disappoint either and was done by two-time Grammy winner Harold Faltermeyer, who also did Beverly Hills Cop with its iconic musical theme. Credits for Faltermeyer include the Top Gun and Fletch soundtracks. Additionally, he has worked as a producer or in other capacities with performers like Donna Summer, Falco, and Billy Idol. Now, before we move on, I feel the need to shoot off some rapid-fire one-liners between Killian and Richards. They're just too damn good to pass up on. I mean, what is an 80s movie without some radical zingers? Killian, I'll be back. Only in a rerun. You cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I live to see you eat that contract. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Hey, Killian! Here is Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. You bastard. Drop dead! I don't do requests. Up next, we have a great interview with Portland comedians Brandon Wayne Little and Lucas Kopp. We got to talking about the film, plot holes, one-liners, and everything else that satisfies that 80s action film itch that we all get from time to time. Brandon, you've listened to every episode? You've roughly? listened to every episode? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
That's amazing. I wanted to, I wanted to, like, when you asked me in October, I was like, I got to check this out. So I listened to all of them, and then I ran into you at um, Annex Room. And I was like, yeah. all right, I'm caught up. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. yeah. I'm thorough. That's, uh, that's very true. <laughs> I listened to the Star Wars ones, though. I love yeah. the Star Wars ones. Those are fun. We had the AJ one. AJ one's great. I AJ love AJ is, so much. AJ is a fantastic person. <laughs> he's he's very special. Yeah, I, I enjoy like AJ a lot. And I loved. Uh, I, I do. I do love Dennis, but I do love how you're busting his old balls last week. Oh, definitely. He's yeah. just like, yeah, this came out when you were in high school, and he's like, no, and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great impression. It's like I was an older man when. No, no. <laughs> that, that legit was a Dennis craze right there. That was fantastic. I think he's well, fantastic. Folks, the, the voice is other than my own. This is... Oh, shit. We started? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. I always do That's this. how he does it, dude. I yeah, love it. I do this I knew. I knew the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that is... That's the... I lied. I only watched the AJ episode. I... <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. The, the voices other than my own are Brandon Wayne Little and Lucas Cop. What's up, dudes? What's up, Reese? We're here at Haymaker on uh, North Killingsworth. We're about to do this power hour in a minute, but before that, we're here to talk about what Brandon suggested we watch, which is The Running Man. Fuck, dude. <laughs> How'd you like it? You'd never seen it before. I'd never right? seen you never it watched before. This, was, this was your first experience. No, and I didn't even know that uh, it was written by Stephen King, let alone under a pseudonym. Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. Yep. Yeah. Why do you write it under a pseudonym? D- Dick Bachman. He wanted to... I, I, I researched this. Stephen King, he wanted to do some wild shit, mm-hmm. and his publisher wouldn't let him, so that's they said, well, you can do it for less money under a a fake author name and he went under by Richard Bachman and Running Man was one of them and another one that was one of them was uh, Rage about a high school shooting you can't even buy this book anymore it's out of print it's about a kid in a trench coat who fucking shoots up his school when like, was that released? years before Columbine okay that was yeah. damn wow oh. Right. And so, yeah, he he's uh, he says he regrets writing that book. I've never read it myself. I so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going down this whole Richard Bachman, <laughs> Stephen King rabbit hole. How'd you no, like that's it? okay. Well, what you, what you guys were talking about when I walked up here was that you know, like he didn't like other directors' interpretations mm-hmm. of his works, mm-hmm. uh, for particularly. And I knew about this Kubrick's interpretation of, mm-hmm. of The Shining because he felt like it was too morose where it's like it was supposed to be more psychological mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't know I, I, the imagery involved in The Shining is fucking fantastic yeah that's a psych, it's a film like it's yeah. hard to convey the psychological horror outside of like a book right yeah, yeah. Like, it, what do you it want is, from it is difficult like I mean I, I, I heard that the movie that he liked the most interpreted was were Christine and Running Man because of how psychological Running Man was <laughs> how intelligent it was it makes you think. <laughs> oh, Lucas. <laughs> we got to talk about Running Man, bro. This movie is iconic. It is iconic. That's it's true. fucking good. It is the most 80s thing that I've seen in a long time. You know, the one-liners in it. This is my other question. Do you think yeah. Arnold writes his own, own one-liners? No, this was a Stephen E. Souza script. Uh-huh. Stephen E. Souza wrote a lot of cheesy action movies in the 80s. Well, he, he wrote Commando and other shit. So he's... He's Arnold's pun vehicle. He's the guy wow. driving Arnold's pun vehicle. He, uh, wow. he, he popped uh, "I'll be back" in there, but he didn't. He, quite, did. he didn't he did. quite do it as uh, as the Terminator. But yeah, I'll be back, Kitty. That, that was what, right. only in a rerun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good. That was a good comeback. That was a good comeback. What? Yeah, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh Jesus! Is another favorite of mine. Uh, super, super into his appearance in that. Are we going to go by Arnold, or are we going to call him? Richards. I'll call him Richards. Richards, okay, yeah. for the sake of the character. Yeah. He's when, basically Arnold, though. Fair. Yeah. When, when Richards is, uh, he, they escape from the facility. Oh, mm. neat. 
Mr. Brandon Wayne Little, he just he just busted out a very interesting looking three pack of joints. Hey, you mind if I spark one of these? Go go for it, man. Cool. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do that. That's, my- that's the perks of running a podcast. That's dope. This is this is these are these are kickbacks, is what I yeah. This this is a kickback. Fuck yeah. It takes it three to party. That's right. We're kicking back. Okay, cool. Hold on. The only thing the yeah. only thing I wanted to talk about is remember when he kills Sub Zero? Mm. He stands over and he said, Sub Zero now plane zero love it the fuck does that mean it's ridiculous if english is your first language you don't write that line i feel like he wrote that he might have written that one or it might have been improv improv anywhere plane zero improv anytime yeah yeah sub plane i I, yeah i don't maybe he means like on an actual level plane so so he was l-a-n-e sub the zero yeah but he like strangled zero He did. He did. Yeah. Plane Zero would still be above Sub Zero, though. Is there structure to these? It's fucking weird. Is there? No. Okay. <sighs> uh... But it's. <laughs> no. Okay. Do not. you remember the opening scroll, the red screen with the yes. white text? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, I was taking. There was a typo. Did you notice the typo? I did not notice the typo. What was the typo? There was it. There wasn't a space after a comma between the next word. Oh shit! I'm dumb. I wouldn't notice that. <laughs> but what I got excited about was because I love Science Factual. I think it's a great podcast. Thank you. And yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, thank you for having us and Luke Eye on that. Ooh, it's, that's that's fantastic. This is great. I, I can't do it without people like you. Oh, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. But, uh, take that however you want. <laughs> I, I, I love being a person like me. I'm yeah, down. That's true. Yeah. I like you too. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. But, uh, as the scroll was going by and there was no, nobody was reading it, but I was like, Oh dude, Reese is going to be reading this and he's going to fucking crush it with that silky soothe voice reading oh, yeah. this intro. Yeah, and I know people, yeah, people who listen, people who are listening to it right now, it's already happened. And mm-hmm. I, I bet he killed it. Didn't he? And they're like, they're like, yeah, he sure did. Well, thank you for, for now putting the pressure on. Cause I just, now I'm going to be thinking about it. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it just, yeah, it just comes out of me. Yeah. I, uh, this, this one's a relatively short crawl mm-hmm. and it, and all it really does is set up the action that's about to happen. Yeah. You know, like it does set the scene a little bit. I also love that dystopian 2019, like the, yeah. the technology has not improved from nope. 1987 at all. No, it's space invaders. Yeah, right. it's yeah exactly. Space invaders yeah. technology. And, no. and I mean, I, I kind of love it for that. When Richards uh, escapes and he's like breaking into the TV center or whatever mm-hmm. as a repairman, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a world's gym shirt. Mm-hmm. And I've been to that world's gym that I'm certain that he got that shirt at, of course which is on Washington Boulevard <laughs> in Venice. And I used to go to the Gold's Gym with my dad that he used to go to and like work out with Lou Ferrigno and all the other, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Olympiads, Olympiads. Yeah, that's it. Strong men. Yes. Do you smoke the weed? Yes. I don't mean to be camping on Because that's when he goes into the girl's room. Oh, no, right? I have one for each of us. What's, what's the lady's oh, okay. name? What's the broad lady's name? Amber, Amber Mendez. Mendez. So yeah. he goes into her room. He just kidnaps her for no reason, too. No, his brother used to live there. His, I know, his brother Why used didn't to live they there. change the code and with what, a new mover? But also, what is re-edu- what, it's re-education is what, is what it was that he was going through? Yeah, I think... Uh, I wish they would have elaborated on that a little bit more. Well, yeah. I think it was just like Stephen King didn't want to make a backstory, so he just took some George Orwell shit and just made like a George Orwell backstory and then just put Arnold in it. Sure. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, this is yeah. D'Souza. Yeah. King King's yeah, Richards King. was had a wife and had a kid that yeah. was... I, I tried to read the novel. I tried. It was... <laughs> <laughs> a little boring. I'll, I'll <laughs> I, I read the Wikipedia page about the novel. Okay, that's mm-hmm. yeah. more than I did. <laughs> yeah, that's because I, I mean, like, I love Stephen King, but I've I've just been Stephen Kinged out. Just because, like, I mean, if, in my high school years, I I must have read three or four a year. Mm. 
didn't yeah. ever make it to the Running Man. Do you have a favorite, though, out of all these King books? Out of all the King books, uh, Misery. Yeah. I've seen the movie. It was James Conn was good in that. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. yeah he, he, did, died he, he died today. I saw that on my newsfeed earlier. Yeah. 82. Damn. Fuck. Man, good okay. for him. He made yeah. it far. I don't know that I would want to go much further past that, so I feel like that's a good... Yeah. I feel like late 70s to early 80s is a good time yeah. to go. Yeah, people had time to say goodbye. Give you a hug. Just thinking about Marlon sure. Brando right now. Look what, what they did to my boy. Uh, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> When they neutered my grandparents. What the fuck? Oh, no. no. He's, he's said, Luke, you got away for the whole sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Don't judge before us. Your grandparents just kept fucking, they just kept having babies. You had right. to castrate. It was My a real boys, problem. What did you do? <laughs> no, they said that about, about uh, not Muffin, but some other dog that's been long dead. Mm. <laughs> Anyway. <sighs> so good. All right. So before we get too far into things, I do have questions. Oh, my bad. There is a format. That's okay. Uh, let's, let's hear your Instagrams. Brandon, let's hear yours. Underscore a little goes a long way. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Lucas. Lucas G. Cop with two Ps, 73. Nice. What's with the 73? Is that the Blazers thing? Is that when they, isn't that when they won? 77. 77. Okay. That's yeah, not the number. Portland, That's so the number. I also don't give a shit. That's all good. That's all was a good number. How did, how did you get started in stand-up comedy? We're going to go in the same order each time. All right, sweet. Um, I was in Japan in the Navy at the time. And oh, neat. I, I've always wanted to do comedy because, like, there was a lot of things I saw on TV that, like, I can't do that. You know, like, professional athletes doing some shit. But I saw a comedian, and I was like, I made people laugh. I can do that. I can yeah. do that. And then I tried it you at a— very funny. I appreciate you, homie. Yeah. Hey. I don't feel funny, too funny lately, but— That's okay. I Yeah. It's all good. But, uh, yeah, my first time ever going on stage was an hour, and I was drunk, and I did it for free drinks. And get fucked. It was hour? just, yeah, it was just That's making crazy. fun of the Navy. I was looking oh, at my sure. notes. Yeah. I was so drunk, like, snot was kind of my nose. My friends were giving me, like, <laughs> tissue on stage. And I'm just, I'm berating the audience, too. Like, hang on, you fucking idiots. And they were eating it up. That's great. It was, it was crazy. It was your own golden gloves. I, yeah. I guess the so. Navy boxing thing? I'm not sure. Lucas, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, yeah. you get into stand-up comedy? Uh, I was living in Eugene. I, like, I wanted to do comedy at 17. Like, I always wanted to be... Like, at, like, I realized at 17, I was like, I wanted to do comedy. I did comedy in high school, too. Yeah, I was, I was going to do the talent show and do comedy, and I was like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's how I want to start doing yeah. this. So if I, it's early enough in the year, you can get suspended to get away with it, but like... No. So I didn't do that, and I wait. I went to college in Eugene, and I was just like, they had an open mic at their like pizzeria, and I just went to watch it with my friend, and everyone sucked. And I was like, I can do this. Guys are terrible. Yeah, an <laughs> open mic lineup does give you confidence sometimes oh, in that arena. And now to this day, I love watching people do terrible. Like reminds me of like when I'm like, ah, I could do this. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear that. At least I'm. The way I've been feeling lately, I'm giving people confidence. No, you are. Like, <laughs> holy shit, I could do that. I could fucking do this, dude. Like, <laughs> if, I mean, everybody serves a role. Um, so, Happy to serve. Yeah. Well, and thank you for your service. Um, oh, totally. So, what was your first exposure to science fiction? He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Fuck yeah, dude. I was a little kid. I was obsessed. I had so many action yeah. figures and. Uh, love, love to you, man. The only reason I call it science fiction is because it takes place in space. Otherwise, mm. it is fucking fantasy. I, well, I, I the animals, the animals are machines. Yeah, the okay. animals are machines, and they have spaceships, I thought, I thought and they—they they had armor. Well, the animals do have armor, but some of the animals are are also uh, mechanized. Like, okay. Yeah, they're mechanized. Well, I didn't realize that. And they and they can travel it has, between. It has, it has magic and science. Together, okay. Okay. so I'll take that. It is science fiction fantasy. I'll, I will give it that. It's both. I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I'm sure there was like some prior exposure for me, but my main memory goes like I was like 10 when episode three of Star Wars came out. Okay, nice. Blew my mind. Yeah, we're ready to the set. But did you watch that first and I, then one and two? And then I watched four, episode like, three in theaters and then I watched four, five, no and six. But no prior content. That's no. the best way to do it. Well, honestly, I, kinda, I, kinda, I envy him. Yeah, this <laughs> no, is I feel like you need a, you need Attack of the Clones though. And not when you're an idiot. When you're an idiot, it just you looks just cool as shit. The end, yeah. like that's what people don't understand okay. about Star Wars fans. We just want to watch shit go down. We just want to watch lightsaber fights. Fair. That's why it's yeah. better as a television series. Yeah. Um, Mandalorian is the best thing they've ever done. Yeah. I love the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think Obi Wan's getting up there too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty into it. Yeah. I also liked uh, much to people's chagrin. Uh, Book of Boba Fett as an ancillary yeah, piece. No, I liked it. That was uh, fine. Okay, so so what about the Running Man? Because literally, my first exposure was us standing out front of here, I think, or out front of Cruise Room, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Let's do run the Running Man." I was like, <laughs> "You mean the, like the dance move? Like I'll do it with you." That's out. Yeah. yeah well, oh, sorry, the creaking. Uh, there's three. Reason, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, go for it, dude. Oh, God, I'm ah, I'm gonna, that's um, a, I gotta ah, go home. Ah, okay. Okay, go. go. What's your first exposure to I'll bomb in? with you. Uh, goddamn, I think I was like seven or eight years old, and I was watching it with my dad. Mm-hmm. Way too young. But I got some inside information that I didn't know about. My dad was like, ah, I'm good. He, uh, he's pointing at guys on the screen. He's like, hey, that's Mick Fleetwood. That's Dweezil Zappa. And I was like, I don't know who they are. Mm. But I know who they are now. Sure. And it's kind of neat that like Mick Fleetwood was just in this movie. I wish he called him Mick Fleetwood. You know, that's like his a, first and last that's name. A, that's a great stalker name. Yeah, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> Wait, who the fuck? Who's Mick Fleetwood? Uses an acoustic guitar. Who gets the uh, detonators off their neck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad, my bad. Oh, yeah, the, under, the underground. Yeah. 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 I watched Running Man on VHS when I was like 13. Okay. 13 or 12. Yeah, th- this is just not one that, that ever hit my radar i guess you know mm. what i mean like, how old are you now i'm 32 32 how, how as a 32 year old man how did you how'd you take it in yeah i i took it all the way to the base as a man <laughs> okay um, <laughs> but, but basically i mean it, it was i, I appreciate it on so many different levels now as i would suppose that i'm older like instead of like it, when i was a kid because i would have just appreciated know, it for like the like, one-liners yeah. only and the action <sighs> But I can see all. I'm now looking at it in a light like, okay, what is wrong with this? Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Yeah, uh, a lot. Uh, there is. Yeah, just off the top of my head again, being like, okay, like dystopian 2019. No technology has advanced since 1987. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it is funny. I mean, like even in something like Giant Mnemonic, and I think that like movies like that have taken hints from movies like The Running Man to be like, okay, we have to show some sort of technological mm-hmm. uniqueness mm-hmm. or advancement in order to make it like sell this thing you know um but yeah i, I mean i uh i thought it was great for the I, I love the dancing breaks and how deliciously 80s the music is and how that accompanies mm. the scenes like i love that about 80s movies i and love that there's horny it was. oh so there very long horny. Dance lo- scenes. yeah i was like seven minutes like god damn you know it's choreographed by paula abdul Get out of here. No, serious. I, I said that I, shit, too. I don't know if I can take you seriously anymore. No, look it up. I wa- And I was watching I it, too. That, it's though. crazy. I was watching it, too, and I was like, that's Paul Abdul choreographing that when I said that. And then I was like, I'm going to look I'm gonna look it up just well, to make sure that I'm right. She I was, was prolific in that time frame. She's Her choreography has a signature, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, when very... you're watching a Wes Anderson movie, you know it's a Wes Anderson mm. movie. Or a Tarantino movie, kind of the same. Very or, like, true. Rage Against the Machine. You know it's a Rage or Audio Slave. Yeah. Like you know that style, you know it's not. That's that's <clears throat> that's too too true. 
<laughs> All right, so what about Arnold Schwarzenegger? What was your first? Because he was my governor, not to say that that was my first exposure to him, but I, I would say oh, yeah. for me as Predator is the first time I saw him in something. I want to say Commando. Me too. Commando's me too on VHS. I think Commando's the first time I watched Oh, I it. love Commando. John Commando. Matrix. Just him carrying the whole tree. I was like, this dude is the Seeing the, the reflection in his axe like, ooh, I'm going to take this motherfucker out. And this no, dude. it's Alyssa Milano. Give her a hug. He's the uh, fucking goat. I don't know. He's a goat. He's really good at stuff. I don't yeah, Arnold's got much. such charisma. Damn, it, that's the crazy thing too. His English ain't that great, but, but he delivers lines. Yeah, and he's so charismatic he's and so likable. Yes, I, I like him. him. He needs I to like do him stand a lot. Up. I, I want to see Arnold do stand up. You know right what? I encountered Arnold in a bike shop on Twenty Third in Colorado in Santa Monica, and he was with like three other Secret Service people okay. walking around. And as we crossed paths, I was leaving. He was kind of coming in. I was like. Hello. Is it like Governor Arnold? Yeah, he, he was, was governor at the time. At time yeah. Nice. Yeah, like two days before that, he had given a speech at Santa Monica College for the graduation, and like half the people stood up and turned around. Like, I mean, on the Republican <laughs> scale, Arnold actually ain't that bad. And I, I forgot he was Republican. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I didn't even think about him politically. I just pretended that didn't happen. That's yeah, he was a gut, former governor. Yeah. So was Ventura. Yeah, Ventura was Minnesota. governor. Other dude and so, the movie. The, was it, the, Montana the or it was Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, the guy who he was, uh, who they digitized him. They deep faked him. Didn't yeah. even know before what it was yeah. called yet, yeah. but yeah, they deep faked him cool. into the fight. That's we can almost do that now. Okay. That's, okay. that's that, close. That was pretty future. And then also manipulating you know the footage. Having What's the up? fucking <laughs> tapes in a drawer, like a roll-up desk drawer. Labeled. It was almost that's like labeled. Naked Gun. Like, yeah. this is the evidence dude, you're looking seriously. for. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what I felt like. Yeah. Show them this. Like Bring cuts, this to the resistance. Cuts to Leslie Nielsen, like, in frame. Like, all right, we have it. We got it. Uh, Tapping his nose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think that the security cam footage that they showed, it was just the running man. So it's like they have access to the video collection on Spaceball One, yeah. and they just put on the running man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Like, you could have just shot security cam footage and put some numbers and a fucking crosshair to make it look like, oh, that's dash cam footage from the helicopter. But they just showed the they even showed the POV. Yeah. Like, and I'll see you in hell and right. smash. I know. Like, how did they get this angle? <laughs> and the audience is like, oh, such a. Right. They just eat it up. Yeah. Like it wasn't completely contrived. They all bought it. Absolutely ridiculous. So, speaking of characters, who's your favorite? Ben Richards is my favorite character uh, because he's got a, a cheesy, and they're the best worst puns ever. Yeah. And he's got one for every single kill. He's yes. like, for Sub-Zero, he was just like, now Plane Thanks, Zero. Zero. What happened to Buzzsaw? He had to yeah. split. He had to split. Hilarious. Like, uh, hey, how about... All right, what like, a, well, you have to be a genius. What a hothead yeah. for Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> what a... Oh, so stupid. God. It's the dumbest shit, but I but laughed he, but he so hard. he didn't kill Dynamo. He didn't. He spared Dynamo. He showed mercy. And then he tried to rape and he got killed by the girl. Yes. Yeah, Dynamo was an electric rapist. Yeah, he, he got what he does. I wish he had a better death. I wish Amber Mendez had that Uzi, like, close range to his face yeah. and shot him in the yeah. face so that clear mohawk would fill up with blood. Wouldn't that have been a great image? Huh. Yes. I think that's such a missed opportunity. I I, why, why didn't you kill him, though? You literally saw the dude in half three minutes ago. And yeah. now you're going to spare him? Oh, my God. Right. He killed Son, your boy, too. He killed his boy. He, he killed can, Flamethrower. He, he killed Weiss. No, I'm After, talking about Dynamo, oh, Dynamo killed, killed the other killed, dude. Yeah. Dynamo killed Weiss, Weiss. too. Yeah, Weiss. Are, yeah, those are my favorite. The the two friends he came really? with. Weiss. Lachlan and Weiss. Weiss is my favorite character. I like Weiss. Weiss. They're dumb. Because yeah. I feel like in that situation, I would be Weiss. Because, like, I'm not a muscle guy, you know, like, I, but I know computers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'd, I would be the one to, like, 
already know of this network and needing a password and also like I don't know. There were some instances where I was like, "Oh, you don't know how signals work, but you know how to put in, like, you know how to override a security it's system." It's reasons like, for idiots like me. Yeah. They can't tell. <laughs> like there were so many inconsistencies. It was it was rough. It was fun and rough to watch at the same time. That's why for I, that reason, I love like the that. rocket scene. Love the. I love the mirror that's in the tunnel for no reason, where oh, like yeah. you're already going by at 200 miles an hour, and so like you're not even gonna catch a glimpse of yourself. Like, who is that tunnel for? Is it just like for a cool shot? You gotta check your shoulders like, yeah, to yeah, yeah, like, adjust your hair. Yeah, exactly. In a second. Like, oh fuck! I it, took my notes stoned and I wrote down 1824 61B 1717 4. The fuck is, is that, that the code? That's the code. Oh, yeah, it is. And I don't know why, but I thought we'd need it. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Gives the code and dies. He did his job. Did his job. I'm glad Amber remembered it. Plot service. I yeah, would never too. remember that shit. Because I was trying to remember. I tried to remember. Like I like played like a game because I've seen it before. Like, mm-hmm. I, was like, I don't remember this. I had to write it down. I, I was like, one. this is going to be important. So, do you identify with any character, like in, other than the character that you like? Like, is there a character where you're like, oh, I could see me being that person? I like Lachlan a lot. Okay. Yeah, because he was he was distrusting at first, but sure. then he saw that you know. Ben Richards was on their side, and he yeah. jumped in front of bus off for him, sure which did. is, yeah. which is, I, I, I do that for injury, a good friend his too. Injury is very vague. Yeah, I don't like, want to be exactly the only asshole is it that happened to him. Because <laughs> like he does, they do show it, but it's just like this weird, dark, bloody mess. Because it's also dark in the room, so you're like, he must have hit a main vein, or I don't know. <laughs> I guess, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm that's trying to true. fill in the plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> Of which there are many. Oh yeah, oh, there yeah. are a couple. You like more. how did like where did she where did she keep the video in her pussy? That's what I'm thinking. It's implied it's in implied the prison wall in, in the lady prison wall. Hundred percent. Yep. Remember how she like I don't know like right in the snatch. Like she made a joke too. Like she looked at like that's none of your business. I I like Amber Mendez yeah. a lot. But she and she's very active through that. So she must yeah. she must do a lot of kegels. Yeah, no, she's very, good. Very strong. For as strong as the she is, though, and correct me if I'm wrong, are they dubbing in the Wilhelm scream like a lot in this movie? Or is, yeah, is that so even I, called I, that? Am I pronouncing Wilhelm? it right? It is. It's Wilhelm. It's a Wilhelm or Wilhelm? Wilhelm. Wilhelm, it's German. I mean, it depends upon how German you want to be. Okay, I don't want to be that German. Okay, so, so <laughs> Wilhelm. Yeah. <laughs> the Willy scream. <laughs> if you want to be super American about it. No, yeah, it, I heard it a couple times. There's all, there, there are a few Hollywood screams that exist. Um, you hear a couple in this. I'm trying to rack my brain as to who did the soundtrack because it was done for the movie, right? Like there weren't songs that were in it, like in other action films. Mm. Like Top Gun has Danger Zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they have like kind of an orchestra. Like it sounds right. good. It does sound it's good. It sounds written for it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. The song at the end though is I love the song at the end by John Parr, Restless mm. Heart. Which, and, and I know they didn't really have any chemistry until the very, very end, but I like that Amber and Ben got together it is when a, I was a little kid because I liked the hap- I liked the Hollywood happy ending, even it though most, it makes no sense. It is the most 80s ending. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be hunted down for the rest of their lives. No, no, they've exposed the, the whole thing. They exposed the well, now they're in show. it. Now they've started a war. Now they got a war to fight. 
I this guess. shit just ain't over. <laughs> you think that's how it ended? <laughs> like, what's the most popular TV show right now? The Bachelor. Joe Rogan's Bachelor, Bachelor. So it's like, <laughs> it's got to be, right? Then you mean podcast or TV I show? I don't know. In gen- I guess TV show. What's the most show. popular media? Yeah, media in general. Oh, yeah. Lots lots of people listen to Rogan's. Honestly, it might be. Or Fox. Or like, I'm talking about numbers-wise. Numbers-wise, okay. I don't know. I guess they try to expose. Rush Limbaugh, maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Howard Stern? I don't fucking know. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't know what like I'm talking about. Someone... Isn't Rush Limbaugh dead? Yeah, oh shit! Yeah, maybe he's been dead a minute. I do not watch the news, dude. <laughs> I don't listen to him. I'm just like, what's the equivalent to that show? To the Running Man today? Well, I'm thinking like The Bachelor or Bachelorette because they have like three hour blocks. Yeah, and you know every week. Keeping people with the Kardashians. Yeah. Any any sort of any sort of trash or drivel. Yeah. Train wreck. Yes. All I'm sure. saying is you can't take down the government by taking down a TV show. They're fucked still. No, that's true. So we're in a, we're in agreement that our least favorite character is Killian. I feel like he's a fun character. I, I feel like he's the shit. I feel like he's, he's an like, asshole. He's, he's cool to watch, though. He he is a fucking asshole, but I think Dynamo's worse. Dynamo's pretty bad. Dynamo's pretty but bad. But Killian is a piece of shit, though, for firing that old janitor who made a mistake. Yeah, I love that shit. I love watching Remember, he's like, yeah. Brenda, if that guy's mopping the floor tomorrow, you'll be mopping him the rest what's of the week. Hey, you, you guys recording an episode? Yes, yes sir. sir. Nice. What's the movie you're... Uh, you ever seen Running Man? What? Running Man. Running Man. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Having seen it, oh, oh, dude, right, you got to go. check it out when you get a chance. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Carry on, carry on. You're gonna love it. Hi, Future Hewitt. All I know is they got hunted down. They got hunted down after. I don't think they made it. You don't think they made it? I don't think they made it. You think they got protected by the little rebel base? The rebel I, I think. I think they might have. I think that they were rolling in pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And I, they I, did. I think the resources are stretched pretty thin. There are more people that are upset. Then I'm not talking about reality. No, well, but it could be. It could be. They're could hitting be. some points. We, we are three years past that point, so I'm glad we're not quite there. Uh, I guess when it comes to yeah, Running Man's old hat. Yeah, very old. Very. It's got moth balls and moths in it. I don't know how they're both in there, but they're both in there. Moths got big balls. Moths got big balls. So what's your what's your favorite scene? Is it when Buzzsaw? Is it when Buzzsaw gets killed? Yeah, because when when I was a little kid, when I was watching it, I thought Buzzsaw was going to kill him because I was seven or eight. I didn't know about story structure. I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger was a big star. So, I was just a little kid watching a movie. This movie was absolutely meant for you. This was a as this was a surprise, and he's That's like, great. "This saw's a part of me. I'm gonna make it part of you." And yeah. I was thinking in my head, oh, no, "No, no, please, no!" But then he twists it around, puts it between Buzzsaw's legs, and he's like, "Nah, you keep it." And then just yeah. right up his nuts, yeah. and then he hits that high note and falls yeah. over. Yeah. It's, and that's got that's magic. a hell of a way to go. That is. I mean, you I, feel I, all that. Yeah. All the and he bled out too because he probably stopped at his stomach. Right. And then he just bled. Well, he probably he would pass <sighs> out from shock first. I oh yeah. yeah. There's your vasectomy. <laughs> the guy who played Buzzsaw, he's, we can agree he's definitely one of Arnold's bodybuilding friends. No, oh, sure. Yeah. Honestly, the whole I'm just guessing. I have not looked that up. I mean, I, I would I would think that a lot of that exists exists or existed. I, I mean, look at the Expendables. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's just some that's all their friends. friends. Yeah, it's all their yeah. That's just your friends making a movie, yeah. <laughs> like Hollywood money. So, so for your money, uh, <coughs> Buzzsaw had the best shtick. For, the, for, shtick? Yeah, the best for, gimmick. Dynamo is so ridiculous. It's I dope. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Electric that, opera rate ra- Crazy. Because that would be well, my favorite okay, scene. Remember when he zapped the like, computer ideally, dude? Ideally, let's leave the rapist part out of it. Oh, yeah, you know. Let's just leave zapping yeah. 
And, and I don't mean to downplay the rapist part. It certainly was a very pivotal No, dude, scene. he is the Bill Cosby. I, yeah, I, 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 that's He's what good. I was saying. He produced good content. I wish we could remove this from Bill's yeah. history, too. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's ruined a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, like, up to, like, minute or, like, hour 30... You know, like he's a ridiculous character. Yeah. yeah. And the like his his outfit looks like Data's positronic brain. Mm. Mm. Uh, or the like light the bright lights. thing. Yeah, the light bright. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very it's just hyper eighties. As was the raping, I guess. Yeah. You know, if you think of other eighties movies like Revenge of the Nerds, there was some rapage and like Yeah. Also Animal House and yeah. then, uh others. And nobody batted an eye. At the time, it was... No, I suppose you know, not. Fuck. It's crazy to think about. She got him off her, though. What's up? She got him off her, I guess. How does, she, how does he die? Uh, electricity, she, electricity from the sprinklers. From the sprinklers, yeah. What a shitty weakness. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, no power! <laughs> that was his last movie, the guy who played Dynamo. Yeah, he died, like... Three months after? He was ashamed. Oh, the droid guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I need water. I'll be back. All right. Hey, can you give me a beer? I saw a girl one time when I was at an open mic a long time ago, back in 2016. Okay. Uh, I was smoking weed outside of a club, doing an open mic, and this girl from a minivan window was open. She was freaking the fuck out. She's like, they're smoking weed, they're smoking weed, oh my God, they're fucking smoking weed. And like, I saw Idaho plates. Mm -hmm. But man, it was the most exciting thing she saw that day, I guess, because she was going nuts. Yeah, geez, <laughs> I never really think about like how Idaho is not necessarily like a dry place, but it's a, it's a very Christian place. Like I saw a lot of Mennonites when I went through there. Yeah. Or at least what I assume are Mennonites. I guess that's prejudice of me. You're probably right, probably, you know, in that area i guess why did you whisper thank you lucas oh thank you lucas for the beer oh you're welcome yeah i shouldn't be ashamed yeah. that lucas got me a beer you're uh, right you, you make a good point reese yeah it makes me feel good it makes me tingle there you go that's peter tingle. is this is this friendship yeah oh, I, I like luke a lot oh, i think he's a great great dude i met him uh i think i've known you for a year now yeah. oh, i think we met nice. at a, a year ago to east side yeah yeah Okay. That's a that's a fun mic sometimes. Yeah, speaking of mics, where can we hear you guys go up next besides here at Hitmaker? Uh, yeah, that, that is if we, it's a draw system now. That is if we yeah, get drawn, yeah. yeah. Really, I like that, though. I do, too. Yeah, it keeps it fresh. Love Dante's and Unlimited IPA. You know, I'm finally going to be able to do Dante's now with this new job. Sweet. Yeah, I was telling Brandon that I got a job at a porn shop doing the graveyard shift from 11.45 p.m. to the next morning that's a comedy job that's what i'm saying that's dude like i can go and job. eat yes. do two uh, three uh, i can uh, do two mics uh, and, and, and go to work i can't wait because dante's i, saw I don't some, have it i saw bayonets today someone pulled their nuts oh out. yeah it's, oh, it was yeah. in my pocket i'm retarded he meant to just get into <laughs> the, it's working he wanted to pull it he wanted to take pull his pants off and, and just have a thong on sure but his nuts were fully out of the thong oh, sure yeah oh boy you said it was well, yeah, I mean, you, I wasn't gonna say names. It's a podcast. You oh, sorry, sorry. Names. That's okay. I'll bleep it out. Thank leave you. But well, I haven't done comedy for like for like a week. <laughs> I like him a lot. <laughs> I haven't done comedy for like a week and a half. I'm back. I'm fully rejuvenated. I was getting sad. I'm on because I love comedy. Again. If anybody knows that they're out, it's got to be. He's extra uh, sensitive. Yes, like he knew. The, uh, anyway, so we're. Can, where can we hear you perform next? I, I do open mics everywhere, and I have two shows at the end of the month. I have a Optimism with Jaron George on the 29th, and uh, on the 31st, I'm doing, oh, God. 
I knew I was going to forget one. That's, That's dope. No, wait. That is fucking dope. You're forgetting no. gigs. Wow. No, it's not like that. <laughs> I, no, I like that. Like That's awesome. Seconds, cut, be nice. no, that cut is like dope. 30 seconds. Cut like 30 seconds. Cut, like 30 seconds. <laughs> cut let's go to commercial. Last last Sunday. On last last Sunday on the 31st. Cut like 30 seconds. So it just sounds like I just got it. Got it. Last last Sunday on the 31st. Catch me around. I do this. Where is that? I have no idea. Okay, great. But We're really batting a thousand over here. All right. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. No, I'm sorry to them. I wasn't saying sorry to you. Fair. Sorry last Sunday. Oh. But at least, okay, we know it's on a Sunday. Yeah. And perhaps it's the, is it the last Sunday of the month? Yes. Okay. There'll be a poster. I'll post a poster. Okay. So on your Instagrams, if you do stuff, go check them out. Uh, hey, fellas, thanks for for joining me, and thanks, Brandon, for suggesting The Running Man. I appreciate that. I, I didn't realize how much sci-fi Arnold did. Yeah. Because it's a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd love to cover Total Recall with you in the future. Oh, that was that's a, a shit. fucking great movie. God, Total I love Total Recall. Recall. hilarious. Yeah, I forgot Total about Recall it. Total Recall is a great movie. <laughs> this, we just getting his head to uh, Yeah, the music might, and the atmosphere. Fuck, we might have to so open good. up season two with Total, Total Recall. Hell yeah. Let's let's do a whole Arnie retrospective. I'm nice. down. Oh, I'm going to do it. I would love to. All right. Well, do we clap? Sure, we can clap. <laughs> Thanks again, Brandon, for suggesting today's topic. I had a blast watching it and an even more fun time meeting up and tearing it apart. Brandon has been an early supporter of the show, and I thank you kindly for that support. It was great to finally have you on, and I look forward to getting into Total Recall for Season 2 of Science Factual. I'd also like to take a second to encourage you to check out A Day in the Life, which is an interview series available on YouTube that Lucas does right here in Portland. He sits down with locals who are part of the houseless population to discuss their situation and daily lives in order to bring to light the highly stigmatized situation faced by hundreds of individuals here in the Portland area. Thank you, Lucas, for taking the time to bring us that perspective. Keep up the good fight, buddy. Alright, I know this whole Richard Bachman-Stephen King deal has been plaguing your mind all episode, so let's just get right down to it for this week's Water Cooler Facts. Stephen King is undoubtedly the most successful horror writer of the modern age, but his sheer prolificacy led him to create the Richard Bachman pseudonym in order to produce even more output. The Bachman pen name remained an enduring part of King's celebrated career, demonstrating the author's impressive ambition. The master of horror even used the alias in later works after the secret had long been revealed due to its prominence among his body of work. Stephen King adopted the identity of Richard Bachman fairly early on in his career, but he was nevertheless popular enough to sell copies of his books based on his name recognition. The author had already enjoyed success upon the release of his first three novels, Carrie, Salem's Lot, and The Shining, as they reached bestseller lists. However, King's intense writing habits were able to grant him the ability to produce more than just one novel in a year's span. His next work, the epic The Stand, was on its way to being published a year after The Shining was released in 1977, with more on the way after that. At the time, there was the strange notion that if a writer like King published too much material over the course of a short span of time, the content would oversaturate the market. Publishers believed that if an author released more than one book in the same year, the overabundance of material spelled doom for the author. King proved this theory wrong later on in his life, but he first had to come up with a way to publish his written material that his publishers declined to accept. 
According to Stephen King himself in the introduction to the Bachman Books collection, the pseudonym was also a way of seeing how successful his writing could be without relying on his public image. Combining crime novelist Donald E. Westlake's pen name of Richard Stark with the rock band Bachman Turner Overdrive, King secretly created Richard Bachman and published a complete manuscript of Rage in 1977 under the new identity. Publisher New America Library released four more Bachman novels, The Long Walk in 1979, Roadwork in 1981, The Running Man in 1982, and Thinner in 1984, which also got a film treatment. Although King initially created Richard Bachman to experiment with literary ideas under the veil of secrecy, the author elaborated on his alter ego's character to create a more comprehensive author bio. Apparently, Bachman wrote his novels by night, working on his dairy farm in New Hampshire during the day. He lived with his wife Claudia, mourned his son who had died at a young age in an accident, and underwent surgery for a brain tumor that isolated him from interviewers. King also included a picture of his agent's insurance broker on the inside folds of the books. It was the supernatural horror Thinner that caught the attention of a keen bookstore clerk in Washington, D.C. named Steve Brown, who noticed the similarities in writing between the two authors and discovered the copyrights for Bachman within the Library of Congress. King, who planned on publishing Misery under his pen name, cheekily declared Bachman dead due to cancer of the pseudonym. However, the alias's legacy lived on in later works that Bachman's widow discovered in his attic, The Regulators in 1996, and Blaze in 2007. Stephen King's other creative side was also the main inspiration for The Dark Half, which is about an author who meets an incarnation of his malicious alter ego. I remember reading The Dark Half in high school, which is a fantastic story, but I personally never made the connection at the time between Bachman and King. In hindsight, I can definitely see the similarities in the writing styles, especially with how gripping the narrative typically becomes within the first couple of chapters. At the end of the day, King had no love for the film adaptation of his story, and his dislike of The Running Man stems from his belief that the film strays way too far from its text. The original novel follows Ben Richards, who is barely scraping by in a dystopian future and decides to enter the titular reality show contest and ends up literally running for his life as regular citizens and trained hunters seek a bounty on his head. It's one of the bleakest things King has ever written. The economy is in shambles, Richard's daughter is on the edge of death, and he only enters the running man contest because he's been blacklisted from his trade. He literally has no options left but to enter the contest. The film adaptation of The Running Man, on the other hand, is a high-octane action thriller that features fights against high-tech mercenaries and an ending where the main villain is sent flying into an exploding soda ad. There is no social commentary or bleak ending to muse over. King also took umbrage with the casting of Schwarzenegger, noting in his memoir on writing a memoir of the craft that his take on Richards was as far away from the Arnold Schwarzenegger character type in the movie as you can get. It shouldn't be a surprise that The Running Man holds the dishonor of joining a rare trio of adaptations that King has expressed his dislike for, including Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and Firestarter. Whew. Glad we got that all squared away. I mean, I know I lost some sleep over Dick Bachman, as I never even knew that as a pseudonym used by Stephen King, despite having read a good number of his works. Just goes to show you can't know everything. I'd like to acknowledge the sources for this week's episode, which are 80skids.com, realrundown.com, screenrant.com, and wikipedia.com, because, as we all know, if it's on Wikipedia, it must be true. Not to mention the YouTubers who spent the time combing the movie for those delicious one-liners. 
Next week is a very special episode, y'all. I will be sitting down with the Joes over at Growler's Tap Room on Southeast 82nd to take a trip to the Celestial Temple for a deep dive into quite possibly my favorite Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. Yes, Cisco, Dax, Worf, Kira, Bashir, Garrick, Quark, Rom, Kai Wynn, Gold Dukat, Wayun, Odo, the Founders, and so many more awesome characters and stories to cover in that episode. So make sure to tune in on Tuesday, July 19th from 8 to 9 a.m. only on Shady Pines Radio. So many awesome things are happening for Shady Pines Radio. We're in the running for Best Radio Station in Willamette Week's Best of Portland Poll. This weekend, from July 15th through the 17th, marks the first ever Shady Pines Festival, which is totally sold out and will be taking place at Red Mud Ranch in Oregon City, which is an awesome plot right on Clear Creek. It's going to be a groovy and beautiful time. I can hardly wait. Here's the lineup for this inaugural festival. Yo, you wanted it? We wanted it, and now it's happening. The Shady Pines Music Festival. Bigger than Wayne Stock, bigger than Coachella, bigger than all of it. Join us for three days of music, food, drinks, love, dancing, and everything else a music festival can be. Out there in nature, while we come together to celebrate everything we've done, everything you've done to help this station grow and grow. you got to come. Friday through Sunday, July 15th through 17th at Red Mud Ranch in Oregon City. Who's going to be there? I'll tell you right now. We got Rose Lit Bone, Family Mystic, Flying Caravan, Strange and the Familiars, Yes Ma'am, Johnny Franco, Bitches in the Beehive, Chunk, Family Worship Center, Left Down 10th, Super Secret Band, Curtis Copenhagen Band, The Wolves, Dead Ren, Blue Flags and Black Grass, Wood Butcher, Dumpster Joe and the Boys, Zane Thomas, End Time, Fort Hamilton, Rosalinda and Frank, Tay and the Jangleda, Sadie Grader, Poor Boy, Jordan's Son, DJ Fish, Jackie B, and your bass, love and bass, and Big Papa Warrior. Okay, so how much? I'm glad you asked, baby boy. 200 bucks sound good? Yeah. How about 150? Yeah. 100? Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Let's do this. 85 bucks for the whole three days. But get on it now, because tickets won't be around forever. For all the information, check out ShadyPinesFestival.com. Then buy your tickets and let's party! Hey, before we get out of here, how's about a set from Brandon? He had the crowd rolling, so enjoy.
it is unfortunate. It's still one of my favorite comics of all time. And I grew up with the Fresh Prince. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. But after the after what happened at the Oscars, now I'm starting to think maybe it was Will who was making trouble in Miami. You know? Maybe he got in a fight with that dude at the basketball court. Maybe put that guy in a coma. Maybe killed him, and then he's on the lam in Bel Air now. And his uncle's a hot shit lawyer, so he gets him out of it. So that's that's what I'm thinking. And I was re-watching Fresh Prince on HBO Max, but I can't watch it anymore because it's tainted. I don't think Will hurt the Fresh Prince as bad as Bill hurt the Cosby show, because I used to love that fucking show, too, and I can't watch that for some reason. You know? But it's, I don't know. It's, it's fucking crazy. Because I, I don't think that it was that bad of an insult, the joke that Chris Rock said. Because I remember the movie G.I. Jane when it came out. Demi Moore was hot as fuck. And she was the hero of the movie, and I loved it. It was awesome. And Jada looked amazing, too, at the Oscars. She looked great. You know how old she is? Doesn't fucking matter at all. It's irrelevant. She looked amazing. And you know what? If I was a movie producer rebooting G.I. Jane, or G.I. Yeah. I'm super hard. Yeah, if I was rebooting that movie, Jada Pinkett would be at the top of my list. Because she's got the look, and she can do it. Have you ever seen the movie Demon Knight? Anybody from 1994? Jada Pinkett was... Okay, one person. That's all right. That's enough. Jada, you watch it, because Jada Pinkett was the hero of that movie. She was the demon knight. She killed Billy Zane with a magical key filled with the blood of Jesus. I'm not fucking lying. That happened in the movie. Seriously, watch that. That's no bullshit. That really happened. You know, so she's, she's got what it takes. And... I, I like her shaved head look, and I, I got a shaved head myself, and I think a shaved head looks good on any gender. I don't give a fuck. And I used to not like shaving heads. I shave my, I shave my head now because uh, just because I have to. I'm going bald, you know. And I started going bald when I was 18, and I don't have alopecia or nothing. It's just that God's a fucking asshole, you know. Like when I was a spirit in the spirit realm, God was like, all right, dude, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make you short. I'm going to make you fat. You're going to lose your hair at 18. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you, man. I'm going to make you funny sometimes. <laughs> like, funny sometimes? Well, shit, can I control it? And he's like, no, no, you can't control it at all. It's radical. And I'm like, that's a bunch of bullshit, man. I'm fucking switching sides. Fuck you, God. You know, I'm, I'm going to quit dressing up in my best clothes and come to your house on Sunday and sing a dumb song about your stupid shit. I'm out. I'm fucking out, SA. Switching sides. Hail Satan. All right. That's all I saw.